are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Good morning, everyone. And if you don't already know, my name is Esther. Before I hand over to Chris, the only adult we're allowing in our Easter service, I'm going to read the passage for today. And if you want to grab your Bibles and read with me, I'm reading Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 to 26. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one of you do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do, what shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your, it is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Chris, who is the leader of our church, is going to do a talk for us now called Have You Discovered Hope? Watch and listen carefully as Sienna has got a quiz for you to do after the preach. Well, good morning and welcome to our Easter celebration service. Thanks so much to our kids for letting me sneak through security to speak to you for a few minutes this Easter on the topic of hope. Now, before we get into the Bible passage, I want to tell you a quick story I heard about a woman who kept ducks. Now, this woman, she brought a very sick looking duck to the vets one day. As she laid the pet on the table, the vet pulled out his stethoscope to, to listen to the bird's chest. After a moment or two, the vet shook his head, sadly. I'm really sorry, man, but your duck is dead. The distressed woman wailed, oh, are you sure? You know, he's not just a duck, he's, he's my family pet. Yes, yes, ma'am, I'm sure. Your duck is dead. Oh no, the woman cried. How can you be sure? She protested. I mean, you haven't even done any tests on him or, or anything yet. He could just be in a coma or, or asleep or something. You need to do more than just listen to his chest. Oh, the vet rolled his eyes, turned around, left the room, and then he returned a few minutes later with a cat. The cat jumped on the table and delicately sniffed the bird from head to foot. 
The cat then sat back on its haunches, shook his head, and then strolled out the room. The vet then called in his black Labrador retriever. And uh, as the duck's owner kind of looked on in amazement, a bit astonished about what was going on, and the, the dog, he stood up on his hind legs and put his front paws on, on the table, and, uh, and again he sniffed the duck from head to toe. And then he sat back, looked at the, at the, at the vet, shook his head. The vet patted the dog on the head and sent him away. Then he looked at the woman, he said, look, I'm really sorry, but as I said, this duck is most definitely 100% certifiably a dead duck. He then turned to his computer terminal, hitting a few keys, uh, producing a bill for 300 pound, which he then handed to the woman. The duck's owner, still in shock, took the bill. <gasps> 300 pounds, she cried, 300 pounds just to tell me that my duck's dead? Well, the vet shrugged. Well, I'm really sorry. You know, if you'd just taken my word for it, then the bill would have been 20 pounds. But you insisted on having a CAT scan and a lab report. Ba-dum-bum. -bum. <laughs> Silly joke about the dead duck. But if this pandemic has taught us anything really, it is that actually death is permanent. When you're dead, the same as for a human as for a duck, you stay dead. Dead things don't come back to life. But it's not just people or animals actually that die. Sometimes in life our hopes and our dreams can die too. There are things that we hoped for but somehow it didn't work out. Our hopes were dashed. Life disappointed us. We thought one thing was going to happen, but then it turned out very differently to what we expected. Our hopes can die, and, and when that happens, uh, it can just be as painful as bereavement, which sadly, way too many of us have experienced this year. Lost hope. It can rob us of joy and peace. It can take us down into depression and despair. And I want to talk to you today about restoring lost hope hope through our faith in Jesus. So I want to ask you, have you discovered hope yet? In the face of life's ups and downs, in the face of death and despair, do you know hope? Have you discovered it yet? You know, at the heart of the Christian faith is a claim that a dead man, a crucified man, Jesus, he came back to, to life. And if we read the, the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life, they all tell the same thing. Jesus was arrested, he was put on trial, he was condemned to death, he was beaten and whipped and stripped and flogged, and he was crucified, nailed to a cross, nailed through his hands and his feet, and he died on that cross. You know, the Roman soldiers who were experts in crucifixion, these experts who had crucified thousands of people before declared him dead. To make extra sure, they stuck a spear through his side to pierce his heart and lungs, and Jesus was taken down. He was buried in a tomb, and the door was sealed shut with a heavy stone. And the good things his followers had, had hoped for, all their dreams and hopes had, had died. But the story didn't end on Friday, Sunday was to come. On that 
Sunday that came, that morning, the first day of the working week, Jesus' followers discovered that he had been raised from the dead. You know, they went to embalm his body at the tomb, but they discovered that the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away and the grave clothes were neatly folded up. At first they were confused and they didn't know what to make of it all, but then they saw him. Mary, she was one of the first to see him and her grief turned to gladness and her despair to joy and her her worries to worship. Jesus appeared to many others too, even up to 500 at a time and the same happened to them as well. It started a worldwide revolution that even today, this Easter, people are told the story of this resurrected Jesus, which brings us hope and life and joy and peace. In the middle of this remarkable story, we find out about this man named Barabbas. We heard about him read earlier. And you might wonder, well, who is Barabbas? And that's a great question. Well, who is he? The passage that we heard it read out, it tells us that Barabbas was a well-known prisoner. Other gospels, the other books in the Bible that talk about this time period of Jesus, they tell us that he was also a notorious prisoner who was an insurrectionist or a rioter, a rebel, a type who incited and committed murder. He was well known among the people of the day as an utterly terrible man, and he knew it. You know, Barabbas, he didn't proclaim his innocence. He knew he was guilty. He knew he was in prison for the things that he had done. And the penalty for his crimes was death. And everyone knew it. His name, as we heard read out, is actually Jesus Barabbas. Bar Abba means son of the father. Abba is the word for father. Bar, son. Barabbas is son of the father. That's his name. Jesus, son of the father. So the two key characters we have in the story are Jesus Barabbas, Jesus, son of the father, and Jesus Christ, Jesus, son of God. But I'm going to refer to them as Barabbas and Jesus for the rest of this talk. Barabbas, the guilty. Jesus, the innocent. Barabbas, the prisoner. Jesus, the freed person. Barabbas, the rebel. Jesus, the Messiah. You know, in Roman times, at the Passover festival, the governor, as was the custom, would release one prisoner as an act of goodwill towards the people. Pontius Pilate, having questioned Jesus and finding no fault in him and seeing masses of crowds gunning for Jesus to be crucified, he offers up a ridiculous deal which he assumes they wouldn't go for. And he says, do you want me to release Jesus, you know, the one that his only crime is that he calls himself God, or this hardened, murderous insurrectionist? And for Pilate, it's an easy option. Of course you pick Jesus. But in a surprise turn of events, the crowd choose Barabbas. Pontius Pilate is just so surprised and dumbfounded by this that three times he checks to make sure. Just in that short few verses that we heard read out, he asked three questions. In verse 17, he says, which one do you want me to release? Barabbas or Jesus the Messiah? That word Messiah means anointed one. So is it Barabbas the the murderer, the convicted felon, the insurrectionist, or Jesus the anointed one? You know, the chief priests, they gear up the crowd and they shout out, Barabbas. So again, in verse 21, um, it 
he says this, which of these two do you want me to release to you? It's like, remember, this person is going to come into your neighborhood. So which one do you want me to release to you? Are you sure it's Barabbas or is it going to be Jesus? And the people, they cry out, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Then the third time, he says, well, what shall I do with Jesus? And they cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And so Pilate says, why? What? It's like, what on earth? What crime has he committed? But they just keep shouting, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate washes his hands and he says, this is on you. Barabbas is released to go free and Jesus is flogged and sent off to be crucified. Do you know, this story, it speaks of an, a, a remarkable exchange, a, a remarkable swap, an incredible substitution. An innocent man trades places with a guilty man. A righteous man swaps places with a sinner. The penalty that one deserves is placed on the shoulders of the other. The freedom that this man deserves is given to the other the cross that Barabbas was meant to bear to carry to his death was placed on Jesus on his way to his crucifixion. I asked, who is Barabbas? Well, do you, know, do you want to know who Barabbas is? He's me and he's you. Whilst most of us are not in prison, nor have we murdered people, we have caused hurt and pain to others by our words, our actions, our thoughts. And we have all treated people unfairly. And we've all caused ourselves and others pain by the things that we do and say and, and think. And all of this makes us guilty of sin. Before a holy, righteous God who is perfect, we are guilty. We don't even keep our own standards. We don't even treat those people that we love fairly, let alone the most high God. Barabbas was guilty before the Roman throne, condemned and deserving to pay the punishment for his sins. Do you know what? We are guilty before God's throne. Each of us have sinned before a, a holy God. And the Bible tells us that the wages for our sin is death. Barabbas, though guilty, is allowed to go free, not having to face the condemnation for his crimes, but instead enjoying the freedom that he received through Jesus' substitution. Do you know, in the same way, when we put our trust in God, when we choose to follow him, though we are guilty, we are set free. Our sin is not held against us, but instead we get to enjoy the freedom that is received through Jesus' substitution with us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to, to, to judge it, to penalise it, but actually to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. It also says, tells us in Romans that for the wages of sin are, are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our, our Lord. Even though Jesus was innocent, he took the punishment that Barabbas deserved. And do you know what? The exact same applies to us. Jesus knew that for Barabbas to be treated like Jesus, Jesus had to be treated like Barabbas. For Barabbas, the son of the earthly father, to become a child of God, 
the Son of God, Jesus, had to lower himself to this earth. When Barabbas was summoned out, do you know what he walked out to? He walked out to shouting in the crowd, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. I mean, I wonder how he must have come out, this convicted felon coming out. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. What a celebration. But do you know what? That celebration had nothing really to do with who Barabbas was, but it was all because of who Jesus was and is and what he has done and what he was about to do. In exactly the same way, when we put our trust in Jesus, the heavenly host, the angels, they declare God's delight that another child of God, another son of this earth has become a child of God and come uh, to him in great celebration and you know what exactly the same it has nothing really to do with us me or you but has everything to do with Jesus the one who has done it all and made a way for us to walk freely into God's presence so what did Barabbas do with his newfound freedom you know did he go back to his life of crime was he grateful Did he turn to God? Was he affected by this amazing substitution? We don't know. But I guess we get to finish the story. We get to choose. What we will do with this great news on this Easter Sunday that we can trade places with Jesus. We can receive his goodness and his grace and his righteousness and his blessing. And instead we give him all our sin and our shame and our pain and our hurt. I asked at the beginning, have you found hope? You know, this Easter, you can know an amazing hope in Jesus, the one who traded his life for yours so that in him, you might know life and life to the full. You know, the one who has suffered the worst things that life can offer so that in your suffering, you might know life at its best with joy and peace and laughter. In Jesus, you can find one who willingly paid the price for your sin so that you could become a child of God. You know, Jesus was so righteous that even death could not hold him or contain him. And the stone was rolled away and Jesus was found not dead, but alive and well. And the resurrection of Jesus is good news for us today because it gives us a reason for hope. That even when life has let us down, there is another life to come where we will be raised from the dead and we will dwell with him eternally where there will be no more pain and no more suffering and no more sorrow and no more sickness or death or dying or disease or pain or mourning. And he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and all our sorrows and all our disappointments will be healed and made whole because we will be in Christ Jesus in glory. We will dwell with him forever. You know, life may have let you down. Love may have let you down. People might have let you down. The government, the pandemic, the vaccines might have let you down. Even the church might have let you down. But Jesus, Jesus will never, he will never let you down. And he will never leave you or forsake you. The substitution of Jesus for Barabbas was made. Not after Barabbas has sorted his life out. Not after he turned the corner, not after he started to do good things, but it was while he was a convicted felon. It was while he was in change. And the Bible tells us that it's while we were sinners that Christ died for us. 
It was in our state of guilt that he paid the price and made a way that we might come to know him. And you might feel, well, you deserve punishment. You might feel you deserve poverty and hurt and blame and shame and and pain. But Jesus says, no, no, I love you. You don't need to pay me off. You don't need to earn my love. But whatever position you find yourself in right now, in this place, in your mess, Jesus comes to you just as you are as a free gift of his grace and says, you are mine and I'm yours. You know, we've lost all sorts of things throughout this pandemic and throughout our lives. You know, we've lost loved ones, we've lost freedoms, we've lost dreams, we've lost connections and touch and hugs, but we never ever have to lose hope. We never have to lose it because we can find it all in Jesus at the foot of the cross, at the door, open door of the tomb, we can find him in God because he is God and he loves you and he's for you this Easter Sunday. Have you found hope yet? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for your goodness to us and your grace. I thank you that Jesus, you came from heaven to earth to make that amazing trade with Barabbas and how you do that with us today. That when we put our trust in you, you take on all our sin and our shame and our hurt, our pain, and you give us your righteousness and your goodness and your blessing and your grace and your peace. And so I just want to thank you so much that this Easter Sunday we get to celebrate just all of that, all the goodness that it it is to be found in you and uh, in the Bible. And I pray today for all of us that you would help us to put our trust in you. For those of us who don't know us, who don't know you yet, help us to take that step today to trust you, to pray to you, to invite you into our lives and into our hearts. And for those of us who do, I pray, help us, Lord God, to follow you, to believe in you, to, to, to be obedient to you, to trust you in every area of our lives. Thank you for this day. Thank you that we get to celebrate all that you have done and accomplished over this amazing weekend. And so we we praise you, we bless you, and we ask you, Lord God, to fill our homes and fill our lives with your joy and your peace and your hope. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10 a.m. Head to hopechurchguildford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.